The relative humidity is now at 92%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jenny Lamb. And I'm Mike Rouse. And on today's show, we're talking about more protection for part-time staff, as the government's Labour advisers agreed last week to relax the definition of a continuous contract, a move officials believe should give more workers access to employment benefits, such as statutory holiday pay, paid annual leave and sickness allowance. So good news for the workers. Under the changes, they'll be treated as continuous employees and receive benefits if they work a total of 68 hours in four weeks instead of 18 hours a week for four weeks. A bit technical, the government will work on changing employment laws before tabling a bill in LegCo. So what impact will it have on the labour market? Will more people be attempted to join the workforce? And how much will it cost employers? And after 9.45, we'll be talking about the Inter Milan game against Hong Mm -hmm. Kong yesterday, held in the stadium in the afternoon. Were you there? We'd love to hear what you think on the Inter-Miami game versus Hong Kong and do call us anytime on 233-88266 and join the conversation. You can also WhatsApp us on 6899-8518. Again, the WhatsApp number is 6899-8518. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk. So joining us this morning on our conversation about the protection of part-time workers, we have here in our Kowloon Tong studio, Mr. Roy Ying. He's a chairperson and advocacy and policy research committee of the Hong Kong Institute of Human Resources Management. Good morning, Mr. Ying. Good morning, Jenny. And over at Appleti, it's Michael Sito. He's partner in ONC Lawyers and he specialises in labour law. Good morning, Mr. Sito. Good morning. Um, to you first, Mr. Ying. So now uh, these part-time workers, they have to work 68 hours over four weeks to be considered to be continuously employed. Is that enough? Well, the institution welcomed the change uh, from a weekly basis, 18 hours, to a monthly basis. Now, initially, we were advocating no change of 72 hours. Uh, obviously, it's 18 times 4, 72. But now it's 68. It's it's not the end of the world. We accept it. Uh, but it also means that um, employers... Um, who will have to cut some hours for for the part-time workers. How, how was it being abused before? Well, for example, um, let's say, Mike, you're my employer. You asked me to work 30 hours a week, three weeks in a row. And the fourth week, 17 and a half hours. So it's not the full 18 for four weeks. Yep. And then I will not fall into the continuous employment and you do not have to pay for my uh, fringe and benefits. But an employer would be pretty hard-hearted to to do that to structure it wouldn't they i do agree um some employers were um doing this but uh but this this change is actually closing some of the loophole right because you, you could then if i understand you correctly you could be 18 18 18 and then 17 and that would have not or you could be 20 20 20 and 17 and you wouldn't meet the criteria. Well, even if it is 60, 60, 17, oh. I still no. Oh, okay. Michael Sito, um, what do you think of this change? Is, is, is this enough protection for workers? Um, I think it would be an improvement um, for, the employee, uh, for the employees. Uh, like Roy was saying, um, and he's correct, um, 
you can have 60, 60, 60, and then 17 and a half, that would still break the requirement of a continuous employment contract under um, the employment ordinance as it is. And then, um, in fact, um, there are cases, and the um, e even the, uh, the courts and the Court of Appeal has frowned on this practice, but their hands are tied. Um, they acknowledge that um, it wasn't conducive to social harmony when employers do that, but um, a break is a break, and therefore, um, that particular employee concern is not under a continuous employment contract, and therefore, um, that employee's rights and benefits um, under uh, but he doesn't get the um, uh, protection uh, benefits that he would have entitled to had he been in a continuous employment contract. It can't have been doing much for staff morale or good relations between staff and employer. Well, Mike, I, I have to segregate two concepts. If the employer wants a full-time employee, a full-time employment is obviously it's the right thing to do. Uh, what we're talking about is certain employers who try to uh, employ a part-time worker to do a full-time job. That's something that, that's the loophole that uh, we try, this uh, uh, new change is trying to close. It's not perfect, but it's, it's an improvement. But it, it really doesn't matter if it's 68 or 78. From the employers, I mean, you know, they want to get away with it. They just hire more workers who each one of whom work less hours, isn't it? Well, think about this. If you have a 68-hour work month, then that's it. So you could have worked one week, and that's it. And then that means if the job is a part-time basis, then the employer will have to find four person to work on it. Then to us, it's okay. I mean, if you wanted a full-time worker, you, f you get a full-time worker, or else you go through the trouble of hiring four part-time work. It's not easy to hire a part-time worker these days. Right, and, and then, but from the worker's point of view, so now I may be getting less hours, and to make ends meet, I'm going to have to do more part-time jobs. Well, let's talk about um, from a worker's point of view. I actually did a uh, focus group with a bunch of students, and uh, and you know, a lot of students they have part-time works, and uh, and they they were talking about they don't want full-time work, and uh, it's it's young people <laughs> and uh and now the, the hours are cut they said well they might have to do more um but it, but it, but on the other side some employers are willing to pay a little bit more just to get away with the that's uh, right staff uh, retention wouldn't that be an issue if you've gone to all the trouble of hiring somebody well, and training them and the employees i talk to they they've always wanted to hire full-time work but um i just had some statistics in front of me the I think from 2018, there were 200,000 part-time workers in Hong Kong. Now it's 250,000. So there are a lot, a lot of more and more people wanting to be part-time workers. Right. What's the magic of, of 68? Because if 18 hours a week for four weeks, that's 72. Where, where did 68 come from? Uh, it's discussion between the employer and the employee representative at the advisory council. Okay. Right. Michael Sito, I mean, a, a lot of, about this is, is about those additional benefits, you know, such as, such as statutory holiday, paid annual leave and sickness allowance. As far as you know, um, from a legal point of view, um, how does, how, how does it uh, fall on the employers to you know, make sure that uh, they fulfill those obligations for the employees? Well, um, 
if an employee um, who is under a continuous employment contract, then under the employment ordinance, um, is sort of like a, a key or the starting point of being measured for um, being entitlement to, um, like you said, you know, like um, rest days, etc. So it depends on um, how long have they been in a continuous contract. So, say for example, um, you are you will be entitled if you're an employee and you have been in a continuous employment contract, then for a month, then you and you started to be entitled to sickness allowance. And then for three months, um, holidays with pay. And then for um, 40, uh, 40 weeks, uh, you'll be entitled to um, paid maternity leave protection. So the, con- the concept of the continuous employment contract is a starting point. And then it depends on how long your um, right. continuous employment contract has been. So the, and various that, benefits would come, come in. Right. It's but, a, t- a, a tiered thing that as you, uh, the longer you do it, the, the more benefit you become. Yep. So it's like um, severance payment is two years, long service payments is five years. So just going back to the uh, a bit of the about the point about the um, the 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 difference, um, the proposed amendments. Mm-hmm. Instead of having um, eighteen uh, eighteen hours per week, um, so that multiplied by t- uh, to seventy two. What I think what they're proposing now is like well, um, these um, this, the, the new magic number um, is. 60, is it 68? 68. And, and anyway, they're not weeks. doing it per week, 18 hours. So it's accumulative. So using Roy's example again earlier, you know, if they do the 60, 60, 16, and then 17 and a half, there, you wouldn't have that breakage that we have earlier because now we are talking about accumulative right. rather than um, 18 hours per week. So I think the assumption, you know, like it's, um, it, they, they worked on the assumption that, well, you know, it's the... Um, the total number is less, and then you no, no longer have the issue of breakage per week. Right. Therefore, more is employees it, would benefit uh, from these amendments, and therefore they would, you know, the longer that they work, and then they would have a, you know, they would be entitled to uh, the benefits under the employment ordinance. I've got to ask, what is the definition of a month here? Is it the calendar month, four or weeks. is it? It's f- it's four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. So we actually got a definition of month. And and it goes from the time it you start, and it's thirty days later than that, or twenty eight days. Well, um, the sections um, refer to like um, uh, four weeks, so it's not talking about a month. But um, so you know, if we go you right. know to the technical side of things, so they're talking in terms of weeks. Now, Roy, it's actually up to the employers to prove that um, a worker is not on a continuous contract. The timekeeping is on the employer's part. Yes. So it's a little bit difficult for the employee who's saying, oh, wait a minute, I, I did actually do 68. Well, that... In, in the perfect world, there should be a, a record for the employers and the employees and uh, the same record the same record and uh, i do i do get what you're trying to say some employees are pretty sl- some employers and in some employees are pretty sloppy and uh, i think it's it's, a, it's recommended that uh, every employee's part-time full-time whatever they keep a proper record of what how much they've worked and uh, verifiable mr sito is hong kong behind in this kind of data transparency this kind of record keeping well, the employers would have um, the obligations to keep it. And then, you know, there have been cases that, you know, like when they argued over 
um, these number of hours if the employers don't let's say both employer and employees doesn't keep paper record so and usually um, the uh, the, bur- yeah, the burden would be like on the employers to prove that you know the employee hasn't um, you know been done the top proper time because both sides would be giving evidence so you know, the, the court would, would uh, the, the tribunal would think, well, okay, if you're the employers, you should have kept it, you haven't, and the benefit usually but goes to the um, employee. I'm sorry, right. if, even if you write it down, unless the other guy's countersigned it, it, it doesn't prove anything, does it? Well, um, when he goes and gives a testimony uh, in, at the Labour Tribunal, and then he'll be, there would be his evidence, so the presiding officer would have to decide on the facts and circumstances who is more credible. Right, so we're talking about the new uh, relaxation on what we mean by continuous contract, uh, which the government labour advised us last week. So now people that to be continued to be treated as continuously employed, they have to work a total of 68 hours over four weeks instead of the 18 hours a week previously. Um, so if you want to join us in this conversation, please call us on 233-88266. You can also WhatsApp us. The number for that is 68998585. Right. What what will be the starting date of this, if it's uh, enacted? Well, the government hasn't really proposed any documents yet. Right. Um, The Labour Department only said, oh, the Advisory Council has this um, consensus, we'll table this into the LegCo as soon as possible. So we don't know yet. But it won't have retrospective effect, presumably? I don't think so, because it will have contractual amendment ramification. So you can imagine uh, thousands of employees will be involved and there's going to be a lot of contracts renewed uh, based on the new uh, legislation. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping uh, there will be a grace period of at least half a year, one year. So it, it, it's, it's up to the government. Right. And of course, uh, we're back. Is this, what percentage of a total pay package is represented by these benefits? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think or understand why it would be attractive to employers to keep the person not under continuous employment. Well, let's um, give you a, um, a, as an example of, let's say you sell shoes in, right. you know, in, in, in a shop. You open typically at about 10, close at 9, something like that. So it's 11-hour opening days uh, every day. You can't really have just one person. It would, might be too much to have two person. Um, so for, for most employers, they would have one full-time and then one part-time. And, and that's just for um, not just administrative, but for, for business. It's, uh, and, uh, and that's from the employer side and from the employee side. Um, not everybody wants a full-time job. I've, I've been talking, as I said, I was talking to students and they don't want full-time jobs. I was talking to a lot of mothers they don't want full-time jobs. Okay, so we have a listener, Brett Graham, who's um, written in, and he's saying, when will the loophole get plugged that allow employers to never grant sick leave to employees? He's saying, if you're a male and do not produce a medical certificate for at least four days, you will never enjoy the sick leave that the 
very same law gives you. And if you're a female and the medical certificate is for something reproduction related, then you can enjoy even a single day of your accumulated sick leave. This is for full-time employment. He said, I don't care about full-time employment when full-time employees cannot enjoy what it is that they have earned. Um, your reaction, Mr. Sito? Um, He's saying there's a discrepancy between male and female as well. I'm not so sure uh, if that is correct, um, because, um, okay, like, um, let's say your employment contract doesn't um, give you anything extra, and then you're you're doing it via, uh, via the um, employment ordinance. So if you're entitled to sick leave, of course, you have to be under a continuous contract um, for some time. And then, you know, once, you know, um, you can, you, under the employment ordinance, you can accumulate a certain numbers of um, paid sick leave. And then if you have uh, a medical certificate and then it is for four days or more, and then you would be entitled to uh, statutory paid leave, which is like being deducted against the number of days that you've accumulated. And then you get paid um, uh, 80% of what you what you normally get paid. So, you know, that would um, that applies to both uh, a male and a female employee. How, so, how did how did all this sick leave stuff work during COVID? A lot of people had very extended sick leave and it, it basically, it, it be became a disaster for a lot of companies because, you know, they, they just couldn't do the work. Um, now we're talking about economic recovery. Um, how, how did how did this sick leave stuff work during COVID? If okay, it worked um, then, why can't it work now? Um, I think it works more or less the same. Um, you would ha you would be entitled to paid statutory sick leave. Of course, um, you can you accumulate them by being under an empl a continuous employment contract, and then um, so you can accumulate up to a maximum of 120 days. And then if you have a sick leave certificate. Um, and then you're entitled to um, your paid sick leave, and then, which is deducted against the number of days that you have been accumulated. So I think, um, I might be wrong about this uh, because I don't have the stats, but um, if, of course, if you have the days and you have the medical certificate, and then it gets deducted. But if I re recall correctly, um, I it was a bit more difficult to get sick leave uh, certificate for, you know, that long, to, um, probably like in the second year in for COVID and perhaps the, uh, the, the third year. So, um, yeah. yeah. If you run out of days in your balance, uh, you go on no paid leave or, or, or whatever. Then, yeah, you do. And then you'll be on no paid leave. Yeah. Uh, Roy Ying, you know, this conversation is coming when the government's talking a lot about economic recovery. The employers are saying, well, we just can't afford this when we're trying to recover from, from the COVID disaster. What, what do you have to say to that? Well, I think the employers uh, have to weight the cost and benefit. Um, to the employers, it's actually a bigger disaster to not have staff because, uh, you know, if you have to have any staff, then you... There's nothing happening. Um, yes, it is a little bit more expensive, but if there is enough uh, businesses around, I don't. I don't think it's that big of a problem. And we're we're not talking about a major change. I mean, technically, seventy-two hours one month down to sixty-eight. So yeah, it's it's a little bit less. We'll just have to find more uh, part-time workers and. Uh, Will there be, however, 
more um, part-time workers wanting to become full-times, that's a different discussion. Mm. Um, I believe there might be, but not quite so sure if the majority of the part-time workers do want full-time work. With this, yes. Well, there's two steps to this, aren't there? One is whether this is going to lure more people into part-time employment. Mm -hmm. Um, The evidence seems to be mixed for wives and young people, uh, housewives, I should say. Yeah. Um, Although we're back, we're going to trip over our gender problem again if I go too far down that road. Um, So do you think it will attract more people to take on part-time work? People take part in part-time jobs and they don't look at the employment ordinance. Um, they take on part-time jobs because of their personal situations, uh, whether it's convenient. and uh, Right, maybe they want to work mornings only or yeah. afternoons only mm-hmm. or maybe somebody can work part-time at weekends. And, uh, and that's why the idea of platform work has been so, so popular. And I, I'm not quite so sure if... Um, if this proposed change cover, you know, platform work, like if you're a Uber driver, if you work for Food Panda, that's a that's a count, um, which is something that I'm not quite so sure. Are, are they technically employees of or, those companies, or are I they? No, self. I, I believe they might be uh, self-employed, aren't they? So, so that's these are another group of people that. Uh, um, that might need a little bit of protection. Right. Um, we know that catering industry obviously has a lot of part-time workers, you know, oh, yeah. waitresses, mm-hmm. waiters. Any other sector that you can think of that will be particularly impact other than restaurants? Retail, um, hotels, property management. These are the, uh, obviously, uh, food and beverages. These are the four sectors that are, um, that employs the most. Um, there is a, a fifth sector, but that's less of an impact. That's it's the mice industry, meetings, incentives, convention, exhibitions. Right. You know, if you're in an exhibition, you you see hundreds of, you know, part-time staff uh, standing around. But but these projects usually last a week. Right. So the, so it doesn't really. Is the, the installation period and the conduct of the yeah. exhibition, and then there's this dismantling. Yeah, and uh, and it doesn't, and the four one eight rule doesn't really have a big impact, mm. unless of course, uh, you know, you want the same person for uh, a number of projects in a row. That that's that's a different story. Yes, because people acquire experience and skills. They know how to assemble the equipment. They know how to take it down again in an efficient way so you can't keep training new people all the time how attractive is this going to be to employers or is it just a burden um as i said the institution advocated no change 72 hours now 68 um we will accept it as as it's not the end of the world we just have to uh find more people um, to be in the uh, talent pool. Uh, it's not easy because uh, there's not, not enough people in Hong Kong. And the second half of, of what we were saying is how many of the part-time people at the moment will want to switch this into full-time? According to the uh, council, it says about 10,000 people, isn't it? I don't know how they come up with this number, um, but I, I think it's it, it all... It all comes down to the individual's motivation to want or not want to become full-time workers. The employers I talked to, they 
they, they do want to hire full-time workers if they have the right mindset right. and they're willing to put in the hours. But is that what the employees want? I don't know. It's M Michael, what are you hearing on this? Well, it seems to me that um, riding on what Roy was saying, perhaps, you know, like um, the, uh, the part-time worker themselves, you know, like um, when they get, get, go into the part-time job, you know, they didn't really think about whether, you know, they want to be an employee under the ordinance or not. But I guess, you know, like um, it would make a difference okay. if they are an employee and say, right. for example, they go on maternity leave. Yes, hold that thought. We're coming up to 9.30. Now let's have a look at the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches and coastal fog. Slightly cooler in the morning, bright periods in the afternoon with a maximum temperature of around 21 degrees. Moderate northeasterly winds. The outlook is for a few, few rain patches in the next couple of days, becoming cold appreciably on the day before Lunar New Year's Eve. Cold in the morning and at night over Lunar New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. The minimum temperature will be around 12 degrees. The weather will improve gradually during Lunar New Year holidays though. Right now the outside temperature is 20 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity 92%. And here's, here's Barry O'Rourke with the news. The organiser of Inter Miami's visit to Hong Kong has expressed extreme disappointment that Lionel Messi missed yesterday's game against a local 11. In a statement, Tatler Exfest Hong Kong said it had no prior knowledge that Messi and fellow star Luis Suarez would not play. The government said it may seek to claw back some of the 16 million Hong Kong dollars it put up to support the game. The White House National Security Advisor says the United States will press on with its retaliation against Iranian-backed groups in Iraq and Syria and Houthi fighters in Yemen. Jake Sullivan told American television that airstrikes against the Houthis had reduced their ability to attack ships in the Red Sea. The authorities in Chile say wildfires raging in the centre of the country have now killed nearly 100 people. President Gabriel Boric warned that the casualty figures were likely to keep rising. More than 1,000 homes have been destroyed. We'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. According to the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department, the supplier of a household electrical product must ensure that a certificate of safety compliance has already been issued for the product before procuring it. As a customer, you should check whether there is sufficient information on the product marking and whether the plug meets the applicable standard. Recognize safety requirements. Make smart choices for household electrical products. When the local seasonal influenza activity increases, if we fail to strengthen our immunity against flu in time, the risk of contracting flu could shoot up. Getting the flu jab can boost the immunity against flu and reduce the risks of severe complications and death. Don't drop your guard against flu, especially for persons aged 50 or above, children, pregnant women, and residents of residential care homes. Don't wait. Get a jab. Keep flu away. Welcome back to Back Chat uh, with Jenny Lam and with us this morning is Roy Yang. He's from the Hong Kong Institute of Human Resources Management. And joining us on the line now is Lam Chung Singh. He's a lawmaker with the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. And before we continue, if you want to join in this conversation, we're talking about the new definition of what we mean by continuous employment. New rule is that you have to work a total of 68 hours over four weeks instead of the previous 18 hours a week um, over four weeks in order to enjoy things like annual leave and sickness allowance. So let's go to Lam Chung Singh. Um, 68 in four weeks, is that 
does that really offer employees anything more than previous? Um, yes, of course. Uh, because we welcome the decision of uh, Labor Advisory Board and the Labor Department because now the existing situation, the existing law is that the definition of continuous employment contract is uh, worker work for four weeks or more and not less than 18 hours a week. Uh, but some of the employer in the past may arrange long working hour in the first three weeks and only arrange um, maybe 17 hours in the fourth week. So they, they can still cannot, do that. They yeah, can still they, do they, that. It doesn't matter what the yeah. number is, really. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, they, they will change. They, they can, so they cannot reach the standard of 18 hours. Uh, but now, and, and, and before, they cannot be regarded as continuous employment contract and cannot be entitled with the benefits such as sick leave allowance and pay annual leave and statutory holiday, although they may work for... Uh, maybe more than 100 hours a month, but the employer reduced the working hour in the fourth week so that they cannot enjoy the benefit. I think uh, that's a loophole. So we hope uh, the law amendment can plunge the loophole. So that if your first week you did 40 hours, the second week you did 40 hours, you're already there, in fact, if you're working hardly at all in the third and fourth. So that is definitely an improvement for the employee. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, because at, at the past, um, maybe some of the employer will reduce their working hour at the fourth week. And of course, uh, you, you can say that now uh, the uh, new arrangement is that we calculate in total four weeks uh, in 68 hours. And of course, uh, may, maybe you think that some of the employer uh, maybe uh, they they can still arrange sixty seven hours to the workers, but I think it is difficult to operate, uh, much more difficult than before, because they they only reduce the working hour in the fourth week, and the company can still operate, but uh, later if they recruit all the staff only by 67 hours within four weeks. They do not have enough manpower and they need to recruit more worker and create more uh, administrative calls and they will not have incentive to do that, I think. Yeah. We, we just want to reduce the incentive of the employer to avoid the responsibility under the continuous employment contract to, to prop the loophole. Because things, as things stand, um, the fourth week for one person could be the first or second or third week for another employee. So you can meet the labour requirement if, if you're <laughs> sophisticated juggling technique. Yeah. You could have only employees who are not eligible under the present system. Michael Sito, in your experience as a lawyer, where do most of these disputes come from? Is it over the counting of hours? Is it how they counted? Where, where do most of these disputes stem from? Um, the case law... Um the case law goes into, they're usually trying to break the continuity. So um, there have been cases like um, um, they run up to a certain um, period of time and then they stop it and then, you know, and then they re-employ the employee again, um, more or less on the same terms. So um, 
the arguments there, um, it wasn't just about continuous contract, not not over a month, but um, as I was saying, say for example, like um, you would be entitled to certain level of protections, like um, unreasonable dismissal. You need um, a, a continuous contract for um, two years. So, you know, like the arguments relate to those kind of um, protections, sort of like the more lengthy protection. Uh, anyways, like um, the court has um, told us that, although they they frowned on these practices, but if in, if the continuity has been broken, you know, like even by a week or something, and then um, it is broken, you know, there are there can be exceptions, but you know, like say for example, they they have certain agreement that you know they're doing that, then the employer is going to and um, will count um, that as not as a break of a continuity, but really reality of things is the employer did that in the first place in order to break the continuity. And right. if that happened, they are stuck. So like Mike was saying, you could do 40 hours in week one, 40 hours in week two, and then, and then after that, you break the continuity and then you come back in the fourth week. So the employers still get away with it. Is, is that right, Roy Ying? Is that your In the current experience? legislation, yes. Um, even if you work the third week, 40 hours, the fourth week you break the, the number of hours down to 17, that's that's still considered part-time. What would you like uh, seen to be done to plug that? Well, th- this is this is exactly the change because uh, if it is now calculated on a monthly basis, of course, our definition is one month is four weeks, <laughs> um, then the employers don't have that loophole anymore because if they really want people to work, let's say, 100 hours a week, they will have to find at least two person. Now, the, out, the ramification is that there will be more demand for part-time workers. And because we don't have enough part-time workers, uh, workers at all, um, we do expect uh, a rise in, in wages because, uh, you know, employees have to attract people to, to work more. So it's actually a good thing for the employees. Now, for the employees, I, um, I'm in two minds because some people talk to, they say, yeah, we get more protection. Yes. Those are the people who, who really want uh, a full-time job. But the others, they, they, they worry because now they have to, uh, because if they, if they work more than 68 hours, they will have to be employed by somebody. Now, it sounded like a good thing, but if that person wants a second job, like a part-time job, then he will have to seek approval from the uh, full-time employer. And that might be quite difficult. Oh, Mr. Lamb, with these changes, uh, are you generally in favour of these changes being proposed? Um, um, yes, because um, I think because most of the employer, in fact, they have already employed the worker under the continuous employment contract. And so now the suggestions of Labour Advisory Board will not have any impact to them. And on the other side, uh, some of the worker may only have few working hours, uh, maybe only 10 hours a month, and it also do not have any impact to them. But now the law amendment suggestion is only focused on the worker with a little bit long working hour, for example, maybe 18 to 100 hours a month, uh, but the working hour is reduced by the employer 
in the fourth week uh, at the past. Right. So only for those workers, uh, and 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 there's um, in in fact, and the other thing is that there's no need for the employer to increase the salary of the worker, but just to provide a more benefit to to those worker, include the pay annual leave and other uh, holiday benefit. Yeah. So, so Mr. Lam, Roy Yang here is saying he expects wages to go up because we have a great demand for there'll be a rising demand for part-time workers. Mm. This is true when when the economy is good. We're, we're trying to rebuild Hong Kong's economy right now. We need all those part-time workers who quit maybe during COVID. But it'll be the opposite when times are bad, right? So, so you know, I suppose it's true across the, the labor market in general. Lam Chung Singh, do you see wages going up right now? And and what will be the implications when times are not so great for these or many, many part-time workers? Um, of course, uh uh, one of the targets and one of the aims of the law amendment is also want to attract uh, more uh, worker to join the workforce uh, because, as in fact, some of the public opinion think that uh, the levels should be set at four week, uh, 60 hours instead of 68 hours because uh, 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 it is more easily to reach the standard and more worker will benefit and and I think it will attract more people to join the workforce uh, especially for the female because you tell them you just uh, work for uh, 60 hours within four weeks and then you can be entitled with all the benefits such as pay annual leave and, and statutory holiday. But of course, we understand that on the other side, uh, some of the employer may worry that it will increase the operation costs and difficult to afford. So uh, we also uh, respect the consensus of uh, Labor Advisory Board. They set the level at 68 hours. But I, I think uh, this law amendment can attract more people, especially for the female. They need to take care of their family member, maybe children, and then and can make a balance between working. And so that it can attract them to join the workforce because you, you tell them you, you need to uh, work for 68 hours within four weeks, then you can be entitled with all the benefits. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, apart from the fact that you're basically spreading a bit thin, right? You, you, lots of people working small number of hours. What have you thought about, Mr. Lan? The implications for companies now? Now you don't get any loyalty uh, from from the employees. You know, the the whole work nature has become different. What what have you thought about the implications for for business for businesses? The, the, you know, the, you you can no longer get anybody who truly belong to a company because most people are part-time mr lamb um, um i i think and um, if uh, and i think although uh, some of the job is the part-time but uh, maybe the employer can still uh, lower to the company and they can work for a long time maybe several years or more more than 10 years they they can become the part-time worker in, in a company because uh, uh, the part-time job is uh, mainly they can attract the female, I think, because our uh, labor participation rate is 
uh, very low in Hong Kong, especially for the female. Uh, because at the, at the at, yeah, because at the past we we do not have uh, enough uh, childcare services, so it's difficult for the female to uh, join the workforce because they need to take care of their family members. But now, uh, on the other side, the government uh, uh, strengthened the childcare service and on the other side we have a law amendment that we, we tell them if you just work for more than 68 hours then then you can get all the benefits so we hope that can attract more female to join the workforce uh, especially for the part-time job uh, and although they, they they are engaged in part-time job but they still can uh, work for a company for a, a, a long time, maybe several years. Mr. Sito, is, is that what you experience? Okay, it seems to me um, what um, what is being suggested here is um, once you have an okay, like um, you shorten um, you shorten the magic number, so to speak, and then you become an employee um, under a continuous employment contract. Um, under the employment ordinance, you have maternity protection as long as you have continuous employment contract. But if you want maternity paid leave, you need to be under continuous contract for 40 weeks. So I guess if you lower the number, it catches a little bit more people, but um, whether that would in fact attract uh, more women joining the workforce, I'm, well, um, I'm a lawyer, <laughs> I don't have the stats, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, I um, I have to jump in, um, Jenny. I mean, for female um, wanting to join the workforce uh, at a part-time basis, I suppose those are married women wanting to take care of children. Um, from the people that I've talked to, the employers I've talked to, the, the motivation for women, it's about convenience, whether the workplace is convenient for them, whether the timing is convenient for them, um, whether they want to have um, to work for the same company for... 10 years, 20 years, it's not even on their consideration. And, um, and because those people are already um, uh, mothers, um, maternity leave, I'm not so sure if, if they still need it because they are already mothers. Uh, but I suppose if it, don't, it works uh, if, if they want to have a second, third, fourth child. I'm more interested actually in your other point about if you're a full-time employee for one company, but you want to do two jobs that you're going to need approval from the first guy in order yeah. to work part-time for the second guy. Wow. Okay, well no thank, you, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Roy Yang from the uh, Institute of Human Resources and Michael Sito uh, who specializes in labor law with ONC Lawyers and Lam Chung Singh. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88266 and have your say. So we're coming up to nearly 10 minutes to 10. Now, um, football fans were left sorely disappointed yesterday after Lionel Messi failed to play in the exhibition match between his inter-Miami team and a Hong Kong 11. The government, which stumped up $16 million for the event, agrees that spectators deserve better. And to tell us more, we have Jamie Clark. Um, he's our sports reporter here at our THK. Hi, Jamie. Hi, good morning. And on the phone, we have Oliver Gerbic. He is uh, from Hong Kong Premier League, defender of Hong Kong, and he was uh, part of the squad against Inter Miami yesterday. Oliver, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you guys? 
Um, from what you saw of Lionel Messi yesterday, what did you make of his injury? Well, I don't know about his injury status and uh, how bad his injury is, but I guess they deemed he wasn't fit enough to even make a short appearance. Do you think it would have helped if he'd posed for a few photographs? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think even for the players, uh, they told us that we could take photos inside the dressing room, and we understood that maybe uh, he didn't want to stay outside. But then once he went inside, he just uh, went into straight into the locker room and didn't uh, didn't take photos with us. Oh. He didn't. He didn't take photos with the Hong Kong team either. No, only the guys who got some pictures on the pitch uh, have pictures with him. But the the ones that were told that we could take pictures inside, we didn't get any pictures. Jamie, what did what did you make of the atmosphere in the stadium yesterday? I mean, yeah, from about the 60th minute, it started to turn. Uh, yeah, the 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 Inter Miami team they brought on two of the ex Barcelona players, Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets. But yeah, the the fans from that point on, you could feel that. Yeah, maybe things were going to not turn out the way people hoped. All the publicity was about Messi. Yes. I think that's the, the main problem, right? The, the, the main issue was that so much was made of the Messi factor and so much excitement was drummed up, of course, um, because of his appearance. And it, I mean, the, the Thursday that the Miami side were in Saudi Arabia and he only played eight minutes in that game. So the writing was a little bit on the wall. But I mean, I think most people thought that even maybe even the last five minutes or they'd get something. So to not see him at all, I think was, yeah. Well, you could see him on the bench. We, we saw him walk from the tunnel to the bench and then he didn't move from that spot till they collected the trophy at the end. So well, we have a listener, Ilna, who wrote in. He said he, you know, from messy mania to an utterly messy disappointment. He's talking about how sorry he feels for all the fans who were disappointed and ended in great dismay, as well as for all the money wasted on this event, which once again portrayed the government in a negative light. That's from our listener, Ilna. Um, Oliver, uh, was this just too much hype for... What shouldn't have been hyped up quite so much, Oliver? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, to think about like uh, the promoters, maybe the, you can't control these injuries, mm. but I think just putting him on for the last few minutes, at least, at the very least, to maybe just I don't know, even just walk around and um, make sign some people happy as a gesture. Yeah, mm. exactly. Or sign a few T-shirts, um, take some photos. But I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I thought Jamie's point was about the mood shifting after about 60 minutes because if the person's going to make a cameo, you, you're getting close. And I, I thought I saw Luis Suarez on the touchline and he looked for the last 10 minutes, it looked as though he was going to come on any second. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jamie? I mean, yeah, at least at least he was stood up, yeah. So you thought that maybe, maybe he would. But yeah, Messi didn't move. And <laughs> um, yeah, it was... It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. You could see it coming, yeah, I think. Yeah, so do join us on our conversation. We're talking about Lionel Messi failing to appear. Well, he appeared. He just sat on the bench yesterday for 90 minutes. Do call us here on Backchat, 233 You can also WhatsApp us on 6899 um, Oliver Gerbig, Oliver was uh, playing for Hong Kong yesterday. Um so he said Messi was supposed to have a hamstring injury uh, and the coach was saying it's just too risky. As far as a footballer knows, um, you know, what, what, what are the risks? He was walking around. I mean, what, what, what are oh, the yeah. risks for a 
footballer? No, I think that walking, walking and running are, are a bit different with the hamstring. Um, a hamstring can be a pretty um, extensive injury, but I think just to get on the pitch and walk around a little bit, I think he should have been okay. Um, I don't know how serious his condition was. I know that he trained the day before, so that's why we were all a bit surprised that he didn't even make a little right. bit of a cameo. He had a bit so, of a kickabout yeah. with the children, didn't he? The yeah, yeah he did. So I think I don't think it's too serious. Um, we were told that he was going to play a bit, like from the staff, but then when he didn't play at all and was in his uh, tracksuit, I think we all kind of knew that. Uh, he wasn't going to make an appearance and we're all pretty disappointed. I think that's part of the tricky thing is that, you know, this is Miami's, they're right in the middle of their pre-season. They've already been to Saudi Arabia. They played in El Salvador. They've got Japan, they're in Japan next. And the the MLS season starts in, in two weeks' time. And this is what's interesting. Miami, it's not a massive team in America. It's not one of the most successful teams in the MLS. So they really need... I mean, especially Messi. He was transformative for them last season. But Messi, Suarez, they will make a massive impact on their season. So you, you can understand that um, what the the, re, the 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 wanting to not to risk <laughs> then, it. Then, it's not worth taking. But, yeah. But why then? Why have one of these tours, a summer tour? Well, yes. Th- th- this is the thing in it. Wait, that's the problem with the amount of. Media, the amount of media and the amount of frenzy that was drummed up by, yes, Messi touring around. You know, he's 36 year old. Mm. That's that's pretty old for a footballer. Mm. Um, also, this was an exhibition match. Mm. Would you expect him to play at that top performance level at that match yesterday? Had he even played at all? I mean, the, I, I, I wouldn't be the person to say this for certain, but at 36, you're not going to see that you've, you, he's passed his peak, right? You've, you've, passed, you've passed peak Messi. Um, but still, I think fans in this part of the world, just to see him kick right. a football is, is what they wanted. Make right? it harder for us on two fronts. One, to get these top teams to come in future. And secondly, to get fans to pay. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that it would make it hard in the future to get more teams to come back. It, if anything, it shows how much hunger and appetite there is from football fans to see these people, these teams, you know, that the tickets sold out in an hour and even the tra- open training session, the stadium was full the day before. I spoke to people on Saturday who t- they traveled from England for the open training session. So that wasn't even <laughs> the match. Um, so th- it shows that there's appetite for it. It's just, um, Maybe yeah. How did they do the tickets for those? Because they were free. So the, no, yeah. So for s- Saturday, they you you had to pay as well. The, there was right. a load of free tickets given to local uh, young children and sports young sports athletes. Um, but yes, they had a, a son that lives in Hong Kong. He bought the tickets and his family came over for the day um, <laughs> to watch the training session. I mean, there were ch- ch- fans from the mainland that came over on Saturday just for the training session, and then they went were back at work on Sunday. How much did they? pay i think so i'm not i'm not sure 100 percent sure but the 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 training session was in the hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars unlike the like early thousand or thousand dollars and unlike the match which was as much as four thousand eight hundred dollars oliver i want to ask you a little bit more about into miami off the pitch what did you actually see at all of mm. you know messi and and the other players suarez what did you actually see you mean in regards of like how they interacted with us, or yeah, and were they interacting? Did they did they seem tired? Did they seem happy to be here? What what did you see? I think a few a few of them seemed tired, and I can understand that with uh, them playing a game a few days ago and traveling straight from uh, Saudi Arabia. 
but a few of them were very talkative, you know. Uh, I talked with a few of them. Um, Busquets was talkative. I think Suarez, Alba, and especially Messi, they weren't talkative at all. Um, so, yeah, and a lot a lot of them were talkative, though. In the world of football, uh, do, do you know about the personality of these people? Is, is Messi generally a quiet individual? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very quiet. You don't see many interviews of him, especially in English. Um, so I think he's, he's very reserved and uh, keeps to himself. How about David Beckham's role in all this? Because he's a, a part owner of Inter Miami, isn't he? Uh, did his reputation take a bit of a hit, Jamie? Well, I mean, that was the, the, the biggest boo came from the crowd when he stepped up to, with the microphone after the full-time whistle, after the full-time whistle at, during the presentation ceremony. Yeah, there was a big chorus of boos and jeering um, aimed at Beckham. In terms of reputation, I don't know. I, I, prob- probably not, realistically. I th- you know, I'm sure he won't. No, nothing much will change for him. Right, well, he was in the Hong Kong Football Club uh, on the Sunday morning. Mm. I think they made him an honorary member. Wow. And uh, the crowd, you couldn't, couldn't get through the lobby. I was on my way to the gym, I'd fight my way through the lobby uh, to get to the changing room. Mm. Um, he, he's certainly a big star mm. and a big stir. Mm. Um, and I bumped into a kid who got Beckham to sign his ball um, and he was coming down in the lift and this guy was completely zoned out. Mm. <laughs> it's the biggest thing that's going to happen in his life yeah. for a long time. He's clutching this ball as if it's all the wealth in the world. Mm. But Beckham, even yesterday when he tried to speak at the stadium, he was drowned out by the booing of, yeah. of the fans. So yeah. Tell us a little bit more how that felt like. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it was almost like I said before. You could you could feel it coming. The, this this the atmosphere. You could feel it coming, and as soon as he picked up the microphone, it it that was the loudest the stadium had got. Um, I mean, and he he you know he attempted to almost attempted to apologise. He said that he would bring in Miami back. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Who's going to pay again? Yes. Well, yeah. You would you you'd be surprised if it hadn't in terms of kind of a, a team that was relying on the spectacle of one star player who's towards the end of their career, you can't imagine they would be able to rely on that to draw the fans in again. Yeah, so uh, one of our listeners has a uh, John, he's written in and he's, he, he says this is a huge football fan, but he he wasn't going to attend yesterday. And from what he saw, he, he thought that from the moment they landed, Messi looked bored and disinterested. Mm. Um, and no show, but so anyway, uh, thank you for joining us this morning, um, Oliver Gerbig, uh, who played with the Hong Kong Premier League, and also Jamie Clark. Thank you.